Evening coaches, we're back for a little bonus material for part two, challenges of a grassroots coach, but this time we're going to look in a little bit more detail and depth of training, training sessions, um, how might that affect, you know, training on big pitch, half a pitch, in thirds, um, in quarters, and in sixth, if you've got that kind of challenge as well. So, Sean, do you have any, you know, examples of if we, I know I've went from big to small air, but we'll work now from small areas to larger areas. So if we've, if you or myself are coaching, we've had a one sixth of a pitch and there might be listeners listening to this with, with the, the bonus material that we've got now think, all oh, right, I've got a one-sixth of a pitch on a Tuesday night from seven to eight and I'm looking for different sort of sessions there or what sort of things I should be doing with the with the with the pitch size I have have available. Is any, you know, suggestions? Uh, if you've got that small an area I'd maybe stay with crossing and finishing. Uh, apart from that I think Look, take the size area you've got and move it. I know that you're going to have it in the same area of the pitch, so it might be that you're always in the bottom right-hand corner, right? And it's whatever one-sixth of a pitch might be, whatever size that is, you know, 20 by 40, 30 by 40, 5, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Take that, if you're working at 11 a side, take that sort of area and move it around a, a sort of the board, your tactics board that you have. And then maybe reference or work on different things. Use that size space, but forget where it is on the pitch for a bit and maybe work as a midfield two. Two centre-halves, <laughs> centre-half and a full-back. Striker play working off a number 10, whatever it may be. A winger and a striker working together, a winger and a full-back combinations. So take that size, move it around the pitch and see what players you've got in that area. Then that way you can maybe even start looking at do some position-specific work but not necessarily on the area of the pitch where you would be working. So you might be working in the bottom right-hand corner, but you're working striker playing off a 10. It's not ideal, because it's not where it is going to be on the pitch. But if you don't have the luxury of having that area on the pitch and you've got to get creative, then that's one thing that you can look to do. Um, and then that opens up a whole lot of different sessions plans that you can do if you are working at 11 aside, as I said, and you're looking at position specific. If you're working at seven aside, you're not really working on position specific. You're just looking then at the size of pitch space that you have. And then it might work to your favour because the games that you're doing, you can try and encourage the players you've got to make that tiny bit of pitch space you've got as big as you possibly can in all aspects of your games that you're playing. Um, and then just see the positives in it as well. You can make short, sharp passing drills, you can make it short and sharp rondos, you might not be able to do a whole lot of running, but then you can keep it to sprints, you can do a lot of 2v2s or 3v2s, as long as you've got, depending on your squad size, making sure you don't have a lot of standing about time, that there's a lot of rotations, you sort of, if you are going to be stuck in that bottom corner and there's going to be other pitches around you, wall players, utilising wall players to keep the ball in play all the time, stop the ball from maybe going into other areas of the pitch, so if it's really then it's it depends on what age group you're working at but if I would say if you're doing a little side and you are moving more into position specific stuff take the exact dimensions of the area you've got 
move it around the pitch in the formation you play and start doing little areas working because then you can introduce the tactical but without doing a whole back four because you've got the space to do a whole back four and make it partnerships or three players three key players three centre mids centre mid striker winner two full backs and the number six and how they can link together and play and just start to build little relationships and as I said if you're, if you're doing seven aside a lot of your drills and a lot of your games are going to be that sort of roughly that sort of space anyway maybe just slightly bigger on a match day so it shouldn't throw up too many problems No, if it's the, um, young, the real younger ones just for the real younger ones, if, it's, if, if they're playing 5v5, I would just let them play, you know, small-sided games, like little tournaments, stuff like that, or quite like quite fast-moving practices. Same with the 11 yeah. side. So, mostly, I think I would, you know, like, fun rondos to start, maybe, and then maybe transition practices with, with like you've said, with a three-teamer and acting as, mm-hmm. as, as bounce players. Again, hopefully you might have some goals as well, so there'll be work for the goalkeepers as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, I think the, the only real downside to having the real small space is you don't you, they can't then practice those sort of further driven passes or longer range passes. But you can still work the the control aspect of that. You can still have them sort of throwing the ball to each other and working on their touch yeah. or little cheap yeah. passes and trying to still be creative. Even though yeah, we can't do long range passes, but can we still do? chipped passes, can we still do low-driven passes in as much of the space as we possibly can get away with using? If you do see drills online that you think, oh, that looks brilliant, but I don't quite have the space, then make it a little bit smaller, make it fit the demands of your players or take a rotation out of a passing drill or take a a cone out of a passing drill if it's going to be a little bit longer or you don't really have the space for it. Just change it to the dimensions that you are working with. Um, it is really tough when you're only getting that and hopefully you're not getting that all the time but like you've said there if you are make the most of it make the most of small sided games make them real technical challenging drills utilise ball players utilise floating players as much as you can make sure that the, the wait time at the side on certain drills isn't too long um, and just keep on top of that don't if, as well, if you're if you are working in smaller spaces and you've got more wall players, try not to do too many stoppages where you're jumping in and stopping for 20, 30 seconds and adding to the wait time yeah. of wall players. So say you're doing three minute games, so those guys are standing on the side for three minutes. Make it challenging for them as well. Constrain them or condition them. One touch, two touch. Must play off the wall player. Um, wall player can't pass to another wall player. Make it the wall players can dribble in to the pitch. Um, double points if you score off a, a chipped pass from the wall player or something like that make it relatable to what you've done in the session if they're going to be on the outside for three minutes you don't want a, a 60 second stoppage because now it's four so either stick to 10-15 seconds make it quick or keep a note in your head when that player is maybe in the middle becomes the wall player as you're walking around just 10-15 seconds on their shoulder as they're standing at the side give them whatever coaching points you were going to go there so your ball rolling time is maximised and you're still being able to get your coaching points over and the players that you're wanting to work with but you're just not interrupting the session for too long yeah I'm probably a big believer of whatever you can do in a small area you can do in a big side area anyway so if it's you know what you've seen or or what we've said before like fast 
passing practices or fast combination games or fast transition games. And if they can do that with quality, especially the older age groups, then whenever it comes to 11 aside, then it should be automatic, should be really easy, should be, you know, can maybe play off one touch, maybe play off two touch, like like you've said. Um, but again, it comes down to how creative the coach is, how, you know, how adapting is, is the coach and, and, and things like that. Because you might not have two goals, you might just have to use target players or use target players as, as goalkeepers and, and they play with their feet, things yeah. like that. Um, you might have to use end zones for turnovers. You might have to use yeah. gates at one end, one goal at another end. Um, like you said, a wall player to bounce off and then the attacking team stops. You might just have to do six minutes into one goal, six minutes into scoring, dribbling through gates. Be creative. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, All right. Definitely. We're going to move on to um, quarters now. So a little bit bigger than one six. You've got a quarter of a pitch. Obviously, well, it's a lot bigger than um, the one six. So you can maybe work on, you know, position specific more with centre half, right back, maybe goalkeeper, maybe as well the left winger, two centre midfielders, and two centre backs, left back, maybe like that. If if you've got the players, if not, you know, there's a great opportunity to you know to ex- extend the the games for you know like. Uh, Passing practices, extend it more, physical work, stuff like because areas bigger, um, things like mm. that. But what are your kind of thoughts on, you know, if you've only got a quarter of a pitch, you know, every week for the full season, what what can you do? Again, it's not as big enough of as a third, not big enough of of a half, but it's still a reasonable size area that you can do most, you know, most things in, most yeah, coaching aspects in. It is, it's, it's the same again, it's just you, you take that quarter and you put it move it around the pitch and see what can we do that's relatable, that we can reference pitch, not necessarily the area of the pitch that you're working in, but the pitch size that you're working on and the combinations and the relationships between certain players, if it's at 11 aside, it's always be, that would always be my advice to do that. And then as you get more space, utilise what you need it for. So again, if you have been struggling with longer range passes or controlling a longer range pass or dealing with a longer range pass over the top of a fullback's head. If you are now starting to get more space, you can work, try and work with that when it allows you to do so. If you are getting a quarter pitch and you're working with the young players, again, then that's, it's ideal. You don't need a half pitch for seven asides because they're not ever really playing on a half pitch. The quarter pitch is quite is perfect size. And it'll be perfect size for a lot of the standard drills that you've got, um, your passing drills and for the amount of running that they're then going to be doing within games relating that to their training session. So quarter pitch, I think quarter pitch is probably a bit more standard. Quarter or a third, I think, is probably what a lot of coaches that will be listening will probably most likely be working on quarters or a third. It's only really the, I've found at grassroots level, it's only really once you get to 16s, around about 16s, 17s, that first team, that they start to take the half a pitch and that's usually the, the last slot of the night. Yeah. From my experience, your slot was like eight till half nine or half eight till ten, an hour and a half, and you got the half pitch then, but you guys were on last. 
I've sometimes if you want the prime slots, you have to share it with more. So that yeah. comes with the, the sort of the job of the grassroots coach, the grassroots club. Yeah. That Definitely. these there's so many players, parents, age groups where that training time between sort of half five and eight o'clock is perfect. Yeah. That you do yeah. you do have to share more. And again, we spoke about it in part one that talking to the other coaches, talking to the other age groups, how are you splitting the pitch? Who's getting used to the big goals? If there is only one eleven a side goal, and making sure that you are open to sharing as well as sort of wanting to take the big goal, but sharing that big goal. If some pitches only have two, communicating that so you know when you're going to have it, when am I not going to have the big goal? You can get the eleven goal, but we'll take the two sevens goals. Um, if you're working in thirds of the pitch as well, rotating what thirds you're in, speak to the other coaches and don't just be the, the team that's always stuck in the middle third. Like speak to other coaches and, and try and come up with a pattern that allows you to rotate between having a goal and having a middle third. That will then make, allow you to help reference the pitch pace that you're in. So when you're in the middle third, you work with your midfielders, you work in that tight area, you work with your middle three, your middle two, your middle four, wherever it may be. When you get that goal the next Tuesday, you work with your two defenders, you can introduce it with your goalkeeper. Um, if there's a team training either side of you as well that has you got the big goal, but you're both a similar age group, can your goalkeeper go and train with them? Can they work in that big goal? Can they work in that area of the pitch where they're going to be playing? Um, I think that, for me, for the grassroots teams, and there might be a lot of great clubs out there that are doing that, but just speak to the other coaches around you when you're sharing pitch spaces, when you're sharing facilities to help utilise the best for your for your players. Um, and if you do see good drills and they, they require a little bit more space, have a look at what you might have to tweak or take out if it's an extra player that needs to come out if you need to have wall players in your game if you need to put a um, a floating player in there if you need to remove one pass from a sequence to fit the passing role that you've seen to get it to fit into that space then just be adaptable and be open to doing that definitely and that comes you know if you're using the third we'll go into thirds now so if we use the third and hopefully they've got you know goals by that side on, on the outside of the pitches so you know you can bring them up you can bring them in if they're if they're on wheels sometimes they're not on wheels and sometimes you just have to make the you know best out of the bad situation and, and just play across the pitch um or if you you're working with a co-coach then he or she might be able to take select few of the strikers and the midfielders and, and they do a practice then and then you might i might take the the goalkeeper and defenders and them do do a practice there, um and if maybe just me feeding the ball in, it might be the co coach feeding the ball in, but they're just they're just playing in 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 the scoring into a goal or scoring between the cones whatever like that, and then bring them all back together and then you know try to train it train that way or bring the you know last twenty minutes or so fifteen twenty minutes in the small side of the game where they can play. With the distances, so depending on what the what they like now, physicality wise, they have to run more. They have to uh, pass it longer, harder, more powerful things like that. Um, and, and yeah, so probably one of my favourite practices that in in thirds is is waves attack versus defence really, and then it just yeah. keep going like like I say, if you got threes. They play against each other, then they win the ball back, they come off, they play, the other team steps on and then they play. Um, 
so just ebbs and flows and, and, and things like that then again again all the general practices are, are kind of the same with the with the third of the pitch wave practices are really good what I like to do because it's going across it's quite fast and the distances are quite good for running with the ball dribbling passing um, sometimes shooting for long ranges stuff like that crossing maybe finishing long uh, short range um, what are your thoughts on half a pitch now we're up to half a pitch and again you have your, your general practices you could be in the phase of play now if you've got all the age group you might be able to do functions working one side if one player has might have dropped out that we've talked about in in part one of the, yeah. of the pod um and just and just different things and just different kind of aspects of training but the coach again has to be adaptable has to be creative have to look what they've got um you know available to them personnel wise player wise really because if they don't have that kind of player it's pointless doing crossing from wide areas on the right side and when you know there's a left left winger there that needs work you might as well just do it on, on the opposite side things like that yeah I think it's um, kind of like we touched on a little bit in part one that have your have your sort of bread and butter six to eight sessions that you can always chuck in whether it's half a pitch you've got whether it's a quarter pitch and just know the games that work games that that you can put in there um, if you are, if you do get sort of blindsided an hour before with numbers, and you, yeah, it's hard to think on your feet. It's hard to come up with something tactically. It's hard to go if you, especially if you've been geared towards working on one certain thing, and your brain gets so focused on that. So it might be like you know you you want to work on your your back four on the right side of your back four, your right back and your right centre half are, are having a few issues getting played between or you're conceding a lot of goals from that side if you're working with older age groups and then one of them's not there. And then you've got the dilemma of saying, well, do we just move this to another night? I put somebody else in there. What am I going to do? The numbers now don't work as well because there's one out. And sometimes you can try and shoehorn it in. You can try and put somebody else in there and it just doesn't work and then you kind of can't really go back to it too soon because it hasn't worked and you know that I need to kind of avoid that session. There's some things you can just go to one of your, your safety sessions, shelve that and it helps sort of free your mind and then what you might find is when you're doing that session, you'll see other things that you, go, you can go in and coach and other aspects might just be technical aspects and a few of your players where they still need a little bit of work or you can go and do a passing draw where you can go and iron out a few little technical details because they're never too old to not need the unopposed parts of their game worked on and helped in encouraging the good habits and things like that. So yeah, um, if you're dealing with that, yeah, exactly what you've said. When you're dealing with half a pitch, you, you can start moving into phases of play. Um, you can start working with whole back fours. You can work with back four and midfield threes. But again, when you whenever you're do, you're starting to do these things, depending on the age, age and stage is a big thing, and that's not just physically. I think age and stage is all four. Are they technically ready for what you're about to ask them to do? Are they tactically ready for what you're about to ask them to try and do? And is it the best use of your time to go and do that? And have have you? I think if you go through sort of working in smaller stages of the pitch anyway, even if you get a full half pitch, but start working in twos, start building relationships in twos, 
then you start build it up into threes, then build it up into your back four, then add a midfielder in, but do it over time. Don't try and do it over a few months of sessions. Do it over the period, a longer period of time and with your players so that they do go through the ages and stages and then are they ready for what you're about to do because you could, if they're not, what you'll find is you'll get kids that are ready for it, that are challenged, kids that are in, the kids that are in don't enjoy it because they're not ready for it. But then because they're not ready for it, they don't do the session properly. They maybe, without knowing it, they sort of kibosh your session a little bit. They, they, their passes are going off. They're making the wrong runs. They're getting beat so easily. that your players that are ready for it aren't getting anything out of it. And then they start to not enjoy it. So whatever you are going to do when you're moving into bigger pitch spaces, when you're moving into that phase of play, know your players, know what they're ready for and build it up slowly. So just because... You, you can get guilty of I've got half a pitch you need to use it I need to use half a pitch yeah. and you don't you, you don't need to use all the space you've got sometimes I've got half a pitch but I'm just going to use a quarter and we're just going to leave that half and we're going to work on we've only got 12 players tonight so at what point in a game would you see 12 players on half a pitch very rare counter attacks maybe and then it's got to be fast you know it's six seven seconds before there's going to be more than 12 players back in that half so unless you're working on counter attacks if you've got 12 players don't feel you then need to still use a full half of the pitch unless it's maybe a more physically demanding session where you want to eke out a little bit more running but then make that your focus don't play a six aside half a pitch and then try and coach some things tactically as a back four yeah because it's that's not real to the pit. The numbers aren't real to the pitch space and your focus was physical. So just keep it on physical, keep it on a lot of encouragement, keep it on them running, keep it on them working hard. Don't overcomplicate. Don't try and do too much. I think that's a bit of advice I would give there is when you get a half pitch, know your team, know your players, know your numbers. Don't feel you absolutely have to use it. Work with what you've got. It's brilliant to have more space. Use it for long-range passing as a warm-up and then take 20 yards off the side and say, we don't have enough to do a full-back four and a midfield three, so I'm going to do a right centre-half, a left centre-half, a left-back, a left midfielder and a left centre midfielder and I'm going to cut my pitch up the side of the box because I've got half a pitch, but I don't have the numbers to do it, so I'm going to make it realistic, relatable, so the information I'm giving them makes sense to where they are on the pitch. And you can just reference that space on the side and say the right back would be there, the right midfielder would be there, but this is why we're doing it this way. So I think that would be the advice when you get into that bigger spaces. And if you do have a squad of 18, and again, it's that communication with other coach. When I've worked with 20s and first team training at the same time, sometimes we might take 60% of the pitch and give them 40 if we've got a wee bit more players in them and we want to just go into the steel parts of their half and again be open to saying we'll maybe take a third and you can take two thirds if you've got 18 plus players in your team and you want to do a nine aside and you want to make it realistic so but that's as they get older I'm not talking about older age yeah, groups definitely um, and then what I like to call the ultimate training session is the 11 you know if you've got used to 11 aside probably the timings from half 8 or 10 or 8 or 10 or Sometimes nine or half ten maybe, um, so yeah, like that is the ultimate training session. I know, you know, you might not have twenty two players in your squad, but you might, might as well just play, 
two forty fives, eleven v eleven, and then kind of just coach what you see or what's happened on, you know, on Sunday or Saturday when you've played. Right, we're going to stop it here because this is what was happening on uh, Saturday or Sunday or things like that. I know that's kind of being reactive and reacting from Saturday, like the weekend games, Saturday and Sunday weekend games, but that could be the only time that you can show the players what's happened in their eyes without, you know, because they might have forgotten it, they might not have known about it at the end because obviously you're on the sidelines and you can see the big picture, they can only see what, you know, what they can see, but you can see everything, really. Um, yeah. So, again, you're still doing yeah. the general practices, the phase. The phase can be a proper phase now. You can still do the functions on par for the pitch if you've got, different, if you've got another coach. Um, yeah. Again. I think just from what you said there as well, when you're moving into phases and you're talking about being reactive, there's nothing wrong with taking something directly from the game on the Saturday because it's fresh in your mind and it's going to be fresher in their mind especially if they are younger players if they are sort of 14, 15, 16 just sort of first steps into a living aside but again try and note down note down a couple of things in every game I'm, I used to be terrible for it and I know it is hard but in the game write down scenarios take a notepad and just jot down little bits on the, on the pitch or areas of the pitch that you've maybe you've not worked the overlap properly with the right back or you've not worked the underlap or your cross when you've got to the byline's not been brilliant or your striker's not getting the right movement going short to then go long and make running behind there's not linking off the 10 it might be they're not running across the front of the striker when it's sitting into the striker's feet it might be your two centre halves are getting dragged out of position or when the nine drops in they don't know how to deal with it when the false nine becomes a 10 you're wide midfielder or your wide forwards defending too wide and they're not defending narrow enough it might be something to do with your press it could be anything but try and note down a couple of things each game and then look back on it in that way see if something happens in the game as we've said where right back right centre half are getting done and I've got a full half pitch this week so I'm going to work on that because it's just happened and I can do it and then oh the right back's not there but I've also got notes here to say my left winger and centre forward are not pressing properly or he's my left winger's not close enough to my centre forward and he's not shifting across to the centre half when play goes out the other side my right back's not here but they two are here so I can now work on that so have backups have other ideas in mind so that you're not just being reactive but be aware there's nothing wrong with being reactive especially with younger players because it's fresh in your mind better chance it's fresher than theirs even though if it's a 14 year old hour play it's gone if we're game if the referee blows his whistle at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, it's gone by five minutes past two. <laughs> like you said, like yeah. you said there about so, taking, like you said there about taking a uh, notepad and pen. I'm sure Brendan Rodgers still must do this for Selig. I know he's done it for Liverpool and Leicester. He must, he must kind of produce or design his own curriculum on the matches that he sees with his notebook. His his notes must be. Like what you've said, left wingers not connecting right, attacking wise with the centre forward, bloody blow, or the overlaps aren't working with either full backs, and that's what he's going to practice during the week so he can get that right for the yeah. next game. I think take take notes, but don't feel that you need to spout out what you're taking in the notes during the game because then yeah. you can overload it, you can overcomplicate it. 
And especially as well, if you're working with young players and you're you're gearing towards maybe you've in training you've been working on defending, defending as a unit, defending centrally, showing opposition wide, and they're doing okay at that. There's been a couple of points where you could maybe coach a certain things, but in the main they've done okay. But for example, the overlap's not happening, or the striker's not holding the ball up a lot, or you're not getting a lot of link play through the middle, or you're not hitting the striker's feet enough. Hey, maybe pick out one that can help with what you're doing, but don't then because you've taken down four bits of information, don't try and throw it all to them. Just sometimes, especially the younger ones, keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it to something that you've maybe because you might not be hitting the striker's feet a lot, but then ask yourself when was the last thing you worked at in training? Because if you're now going to chuck it at them in a game and they're 12 year old and you've not done it for six, seven weeks, there's a good chance that it's just not fresh in their minds. So maybe just note it down. Ask if we can try and hit the striker's feet a little bit more in the second half. Just ask the question, pose the question, write it down. You might get to it that week. It might be something that you get to in two weeks' time. But take notes and have it ready to go that you're going to work on that so that you can then make a point in that training session and then leading up to that next match that that's going to be a target for that game. I think I used to be guilty of it and I'm still guilty of it. And I know there'll be coaches out there listening that are guilty of this. They try and fix everything all at once. Yeah. And just, you can't, you, and they're 12, and the games, it's 12, 13 year olds, their game's not going to look like the Premier League games you watch on telly. Oh, the last Scottish game I watched was Hearts versus Hibs, and I've seen 12 year old games that are much better quality than that. But um, <laughs> it's not always going to look like that. So just try and remember that you can't fix everything. Note it down, put it to the side, plan to work on it when you can. And just try and keep your coaching topics and your themes for the week all in the same so that you're not overcomplicating, you're not overloading them. All I've heard on Sky Sports News for weeks is how Wayne Rooney's been overloading professional full-time football players with information. If they're being overloaded and that's their day job, they've been doing it for years and they're championship level players, take that into consideration when you're working with your grassroots club. You can overload them. So just relax. Brilliant advice for you know for grassroots coaches working in a grassroots game and obviously with we've talked about different pitch sizes there going from small to big, big to small and um I don't know if the listeners have, have tuned into the, the pod, but I've done a pod with my coaching guru, Mr. Bertie Ann Hagemans, who's who's Dutch and, and he has a method called the magic rectangle, which um I'm willing to share. I'm willing to give anybody the the slides on that, uh, the presentation. So, if anybody's listening and would like to get involved or or or, or like to would like to any pose out any questions to to Sean or myself. All right. The uh the email is the coaches area podcast at gmail dot com, or you can. You know, you can contact us direct via X Twitter at Turtle Thinker or at Sean W Park. And again, we'll be happy to offer any support, help and guidance around the topic. Brilliant, Sean. Thanks for being a fantastic co-host. Hopefully there's, a, well, not hopefully, there's definitely more topics to come during this year. Um, First one has been, has been great and thanks for your help. Uh, on this uh, listeners part one will be out soon 
and the bonus material will be shortly to follow as well so hopefully your week uh next week is full is is filled with lots of kind of answers to challenges of being a grassroots coach if you're the first um if you've already stepped into grassroots coaching or you're new to it or you experienced it and you just need a little bit more of a help sean and i are helping hand um one of our own twitter handles or again tune into the pod listening to the pod each each week hopefully and um hopefully that will give you some support help and guidance so thanks very much sean you've been a fantastic co-host and i'll see you next week yeah, been a pleasure. See you soon, Ross.